We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Achieving a gorgeous grin from home isn't a total mystery with BiteClear aligners. Just don't be surprised if all of your sleuthing friends start asking, what's your secret? Begin by ordering your at-home impression kit today for only $14.95. Bite Clear Aligners are doctor-directed and delivered to your door. Treatment costs thousands less than braces. Plus, they offer flexible financing, accept eligible insurance, and you can pay with your HSA FSA. Get 80% off your impression kit when you use code WONDERY at Byte.com. That's B-Y-T-E dot com. Start your confidence journey today with Byte. Welcome to the Sooner Sports Podcast, presented by Riverwind and Allstate. Now, here's your host, Chris Plank. Let's go. Welcome into the Sooner Sports Podcast. It is a Tuesday edition. We call it the Game Plan with Toby Rowland. I'm Chris Plank. T-Row just wrapped up the Lincoln-Riley press conference show, where coach went a little bit short today, about 20 minutes or so, but learned a lot. Shane Beamer's going to stay with this team. They're going to play on Saturday against West Virginia. You know, knock on wood knock on wood think things looking good as far as a matchup this weekend and oh yeah by the way we're going back to the big 12 championship game what's up toby how you doing chris i'm good man i'm good i'm ready for the next 20 30 minutes whatever we get to spend together and i mean i know you and chad got to talk a lot of sooner football <laughs> during the last hour but we got a lot to get to man you fired up about saturday in morgantown i am i am i you know i like going to morgantown i do too it's uh i know that's not necessarily a popular opinion and it's not the easiest place in the world to, to get to. But um, once you're there, it's pretty cool. It's awesome. It's beautiful. It's a very passionate college town. The Monongahela River is flowing right through the middle of everything. Don Knotts Boulevard. That's right. Going alongside the river there. I like going with baseball, especially because you can be there for three or four days while the series is going on. But it's a beautiful town. I would highly encourage all Sooner fans at some point, put it on your road game bucket list. Go see a game there. They are really into it. Big-time tailgating environment in a normal year. Passionate fan base. It's pretty fun. So, And we've never played a day game there, Chris. So I'm eager to see, uh, you know, what it looks like with the sun still in the sky when we play. You're right. And, And we've had snow. We've had rain. We've had wind. 
We've, I drove there the last time we went through an ice storm. You and I rode on a tram with a bunch of those yeah. tailgaters to the game one time. Unique is a great way to put it, but I, I think you hit it on the head. You know, obviously this year is different, 25% capacity, probably not that massive number of Sooner fans making the roadie. It's not too far from Pittsburgh. Put it on your road trip checklist. It's absolutely a must-attend game. Uh, and when we finally get down to it, it's a really good football team. I know that they got beat last week against Iowa State, but that was in Ames. And Toby, what Neil Brown's team has done at home as opposed to on the road, it's almost like it's two different football teams. Yeah, I think they're undefeated at home and winless on the road. So, unfortunately, we get them at their place. I, you know, I don't know. Iowa State's peaking right now. I don't know what to make of last week's game. I think Iowa State's playing really good ball. And I think West Virginia, just for whatever reason, when they get out of Morgantown, hasn't been the same. You, you see it there. They, they beat Baylor at home. They beat Kansas at home. They beat Kansas State at home by four touchdowns. They spanked TCU. It's the only loss TCU has in their last five. I'm not, I'm not here to sell you that West Virginia is great, but I will tell you that they are better than they were a year ago. And in their building, they're a tough out. If you don't play good football, they'll beat you in their house. And you look at the numbers here, five and four this year, shockingly better running the football than a year ago. They were atrocious a year ago, the rushing attack. This year, Letty Brown is bumping 1,000 yards rushing. He's averaging 115 yards a game. And um, Jarrett Deggie has been solid. You know, he's not going to wow you with his arm or anything, but he's only thrown three picks all year. Uh, he's up there in almost all the passing categories among the top three or four in the Big 12 for quarterbacks. And they've always been good defensively, and that's no different this year. They've got the Stills brothers on the defensive line. Tony Fields, nice player for them. They will hit you in the mouth. They want to try to fight you in the pregame. Very physical hard-nosed defensive team and every time we've been up there Chris I think I mean you correct me if I'm wrong I think it's been a humdinger every time we've gone up there we had the 50-49 game we had the 59-56 game oh you won the, the the snow game I think we got them pretty good up there but even that was uh the running back ran all over us that night too so we haven't been up there yet and it's been a piece of cake always a challenge always a challenge and for those in the Facebook live feed you see the highlights of Jared Dagey that last name is kind of a four-letter word to Sooner fans. Remember his brother Seth Dagey came in here with Texas Tech and knocked us off in 2011. Uh, but they've never beaten – West Virginia has never beaten Oklahoma in Big 12 play. Now, you have to go back to, I think, like Jeff Hostetler the last time that they've actually beaten Oklahoma, the former Raider great. Incorrect. Oh, is that incorrect? When was it? Fiesta Bowl. Oh, gosh, that's right. Uh, the game yeah, that we, got Bill Stewart the job. Bill Stewart beat us in the Fiesta Bowl with Pat McAfee at kicker. That's right. Mm -hmm. That's right. And that big fullback that we couldn't stop all night. Uh, exactly. That's the only other win, I think, besides Hostetler. 8-0 in Big 12 player, the Sooners against West Virginia. But, Toby, you hit it on the head. Every time they play, it is, it's a humdinger of a game. Even, you know, when we go up there, that snow game was crazy. That snow game was crazy uh, because. I had a brief panic attack in the pregame of that game. Couldn't see for a while. Well, we could, you could not see from the press box to the field. And I remember you and I had the conversation. Be ready. I mean, that, you, you I might have to call this game kind of like the fog bowl 
in Chicago. Yeah. Remember the Bears-Eagles game back in the day where the sideline guy ended up having to do play-by-play? -play? And uh, I remember we, we talked in the pregame. I mean, you might have it tonight, Chris, because as of right now, we cannot see the field. <laughs> and they went into the locker room. Mm -hmm. The teams went into the locker room after doing what, if you've never been to a pregame show, they do the uh, uh, pregame festivities and warm-ups. They do the big punt, guy catches it, flings it in the air. Benny Wiley, everyone goes crazy. They go the in the locker teams room. Two teams fight. Right, right, yeah. right, sometimes. That, al that always happens in Morgantown. <laughs> you fight in the pregame. That's right. Mm -hmm. As they go to the locker room, massive winter storm hits out of nowhere. And it's just crazy for about, what, 15 minutes? And they come out, and it's just – it was one of the coolest environments I've ever been a part of. D.D. Westbrook had a big touchdown. He did. Game. Slipped out. It might have been one of those games that helped secure him as a Heisman Trophy finalist that season. But, hey, I, I, one other thing on West Virginia, because you mentioned their defense. They have the Stills brothers on that front line. They have one of the more kind of shocking losses this year when they went to Texas Tech and got beat, but that's West Virginia on the road. And with their, their other really good defensive player, you mentioned Tony Fields, got ejected in the second half of that game. So he wasn't on the field in the second half. Uh, it's, and think about it, they lost their defensive coordinator right before the season started, who was let go. So they've, they've had a couple of guys that they've elevated to kind of co-call the defense. That's, that's a, this is a challenge. And I love this kind of challenge going into the Big 12 championship game, Toby, because you, know, you want to be playing your best football. Lincoln talked about it during his press conference. We need a game like that. I, I think they're going to be challenged on Saturday night, and I think they'll be up for the challenge on Saturday night. Well, I think I, I agree. It is interesting to see what's going on in the Big 12. you got Neil Brown at West Virginia. You see what's going on out at uh, Texas Tech. Help me out, your boy's name out Matt there. Matt Wells. Matt Wells. Scott took Bulldog. Even like Dave Aranda. Who oh, I'm sorry, sorry. Over. I got to fix that. Salisaw Black Diamond. My bad, Toby. Even uh, Matt Wells, who, or, or, excuse me, uh, Dave Aranda's taken over down at Baylor. Okay, in those programs, previously were what? Throw, you know, Holgerson throwing it all over the place. Yeah. Baylor, Baylor back in the day, and certainly Kingsbury, throwing it all over the place. Wide open attacks, crazy. Now you, you bring in Matt Wells at Tech, who wants to play defense, right? Wants to run the ball and play defense. Same thing's going on at West Virginia. I mean, they're bound to determine under Neil Brown to run the ball, be physical, play defense, change the style of play. I think the same thing's going to happen with Dave Aranda down at Baylor, too. That's certainly what we saw last Saturday. And you're seeing... The Big 12 as a conference shift from being an air raid 60 to 50 conference to an outstanding running back conference and a lot of really good defenses this year. Letty Brown at West Virginia is a fantastic running back. Uh, obviously, we've got Ramondre Stevenson. OSU's got a couple of really nice backs in Chuba and LD Brown. Bijan Robinson is coming on for Texas. I'm glad. They didn't figure that out before we played him, <laughs> but he's having a really good year. And then, of course, Brees Hall, you know, might be the best running back in the nation. And I'm probably leaving a couple of guys out that deserve to be mentioned. But this guy, Letty Brown, went from a non-factor a year ago to a thousand-yard rusher probably this year. Hopefully not Saturday night, but maybe Saturday night he gets to that that mark Saturday afternoon. And the conference as a whole in this weird year of 2020 has has shifted big time to a league in which Texas Tech and Kansas play, and it's 16-13. Right. OU and Baylor play, and it's 27-14. You know, and that's kind of getting normal now across the conference. You punt the ball away, trailing by, I don't know, four with six minutes to go in the game. 
you're not you might not get the football back nope. you know that's just that's what this league has become and you mentioned uh, West Virginia is a wild story from a turnaround perspective there wasn't a single team in the country that was worse running the football yeah. last year I mean, they were bad yeah. and now look what they're doing this year okay before we get to some big 12 championship uh, talk Toby and before we dive into kind of previewing that game which again is a week away let's hit a couple of things off the Facebook live Corey Reedy wants to look back on the Baylor game he hits us up says let's talk Baylor in the offense guys what percentage of that game you think was offensive game plan execution and what percentage was the Baylor defensive game plan execution I'll say this that's safety from Baylor Teddy was bragging Gabe yeah. were bragging on him all night he had a night Jalen Petrie yep. can play you know I think you got to give credit to Baylor Dave Aranda is a good coach and they played a really nice game they got good players and uh, they schemed it up well oh you had a bad night you know I don't know if it was the game plan I don't know if it was five days out of practice and the chemistry just wasn't there um, but for whatever reason, they weren't clicking on Saturday. Still put up 27 points and handed Baylor their largest defeat of the year. But for what we're used to seeing, what we've seen the last few weeks out of Spencer Rattler, out of Ramondre Stevenson, out of Marvin Mims in this passing game, it didn't look the same. Um, now, I don't think there's any reason to get concerned unless it happens again this Saturday. You know, if it, it's somewhat understandable, maybe more than somewhat understandable, that after the two weeks that they had, the bizarre two weeks that they had, that there would be a, you know some rust or right. some, some yuckiness Saturday. I just thought it would be on the defensive side of the ball because of all the guys they're missing. I was surprised it was on offense, but it was. It was on offense. So let's see how they play Saturday. Let's see if Rattler regains his groove. Let's see if the running game regains its groove. And and if they do, I think they'll be okay. And uh, Tony Yates is up on Facebook and says, uh, I believe that our defense stepped up and we actually win a game with just 27 points. That's awesome. You got to realize Baylor lost to Iowa State only by six. They're not a bad football team. We had a lot of issues this week. And Toby, you hit it on the head. That defense, what'd you say? The IT department's officially open. Isaiah Thomas was all over the place. Uh, uh, Josh Allison, look at Marcus Stripling chasing Corey down. Corey Roberson had a good game. Roberson had a good game. I mean, they were living in the backfield on Saturday. Now, they played well. I, I mean, we've come to expect that the impressive thing about the defense on Saturday was the number of guys who were forced into duty and were up to the challenge. DJ Graham had a good night. Uh, Robert Barnes, who you had a chance to talk to this week, uh, got the start at safety and played well. Corey Roberson, you mentioned up front, he's played this year, but he was forced into a bigger role. John Michael Terry had to move in for Nick Benito, and he was up to the challenge. So it was impressive. It was very impressive what Alex Grinch's team did with a bunch of guys who were being asked to step up. And there's one of them. Trey Norwood was moving all over the place on Saturday night, and they played as, they played as well as they did. I mean, 27 sacks in the last six games, 54 tackles for loss in the last six games. That's impressive. Owen Schmidt, by the way. There it is. Yeah, that's it. Who, you, Big fullback for West Virginia. Uh, let's see. That, Corey, you win the elusive ham sandwich. Congratulations. Uh, yeah, and a good point here by uh, Corey. So don't forget, Perrion Winfrey had a really nice game, too. Uh, had a. Did we find out if he got a piece of that field goal attempt or not? I don't think he did. I don't think he did either. No, I don't know what was going on with uh, John Mayers on <laughs> Saturday, but his... <laughs> His leg was not a wonderland, I can tell you that. Very, very impressive from Perrion Winfrey. Look at that. I still can't believe those numbers. And it started with Texas. Since that point, this defense has been a different defense. And 
Isaiah Thomas had a career high in tackles, tackles for losses. He's leading sacks. the Big 12 in sacks now, by the way. Sacks you, per game. You know, it, it's kind of interesting. We were having the conversation a few weeks ago. I think it was you, me, and Teddy. Uh, and Gabe, because we were doing it on the uh, Tuesday Night Show, which, by the way, Radio Roundtable, I'm out tonight. My daughter's got a band concert. She just started playing the clarinet. So, nice. Yeah, I got I to oh, go there's support. there's nothing better than a young, brand-new clarinet <laughs> no. player feeling up the house with the oh my God. sounds of squawking geese. My ears. So congratulations my on that. My ears. It's something else. But, so, uh, but we debated this on the Radio Roundtable a couple weeks ago, Big 12 Defensive Player of the Year. And I don't think any of us picked Isaiah Thomas. I think Joseph Osai was kind of the, the man of the hour at that point. But, man, IT has put together a case to be the Big 12 Defensive Player of the Year, hasn't he? Very good case. I mean, if he's going to – if he can lead the conference in sacks. So, if he can go get him another one on Saturday, I think he probably will. If he can lead the conference in sacks and Oklahoma is considered the best defense in this conference, I think they are. So, it's either OU or Iowa State probably. Then, I think he's got a really good case. Yeah. Let's, let's talk real quick. What a shock that would be, by the way. Oh, oh my God. I mean, coming into this year, no nobody predicted that. No, yeah. no one mentioned him. Memorial High School product. I, I, it's been really cool for me. Uh, Jessica Cootie did a really neat feature on Isaiah Thomas. And in, in interviewing him and talking to him, what I didn't realize is he was a track and field guy at Memorial and not shot put. You know, most of those big guys, yeah, I did track and field. I was yeah. just shot, but he ran the four by what four hundred relay. I mean, he was. I one, believe it. I, and, and and to see him develop into what he's become now, yeah. uh, great kid. He's one of those guys on my all interview team, right? Yeah. I want I want Isaiah Thomas. I want Robert Barnes. I want Buki, and I want Spencer. That's my all interview team. Hmm. Those are the guys you want in your post game interview. They're outstanding. Now that's a good topic someday. Chris Planks. Ooh. Top five OU interview. We have we have to get Cootie in here to help us out with that yeah. too because okay. on this team right here, anytime they come trotting with, well, I got I, I didn't even mention Ronnie Perkins. I didn't mention Trey Norwood. Good team of talkers. We'll have to get to that later. With that in mind, Toby, do you worry at all? The championship matchup is set. It's Iowa State and Oklahoma. Do you worry at all about the look ahead factor for this team? Um. Yeah, I mean, I, I think it's that, natural, right? Yeah, yeah, you're, it's college kids and they know they're in the game. So I don't think that's crazy. I don't think it'll happen because they played so few games this year and the ability to go finish it off and play well again. I think they'll be focused. But anytime you got a situation like this where your next step is already clinched, then I think you have to at least consider it. So, yeah, I mean, it's small worry. Sounds small like a concern. good pregame conversation with Teddy and Gabe. Yeah. We are going back to the Big 12 championship game as the University of Oklahoma football team. And look at this. I don't know. A 12th title game appearance. Took a little siesta from 2010 until 2017. That looks dangerous right there. Doesn't it? Yeah. The fire coming out. All those people. Watch out. Uh 17, 18, 19, and now 20. Four different opponents. Now, uh, breaking news, we're not in divisions anymore. If you didn't know that, sorry to shock you here on the podcast. But it's pretty incredible to see the run that this team has been on. And now you've got your fourth different opponent in Iowa State's first ever trip to the Big 12 championship game. It's going to be fun. Fourth different opponent since the return of the Big 12 championship game. I think it's the eighth different opponent oh, wow. that OU has faced in their 12 Big 12 championship game appearances, which means there aren't many left to choose from that they haven't had a chance to face out there. Um, so congratulations if 
you know, if, if we went back to when they were 0-2 in conference play and you said not only are they going to get there again, but they're going to get there with still a game to go and have it locked, um, that would have been crazy talk. So they've not only won all their games, but they've gotten better and better and better and better. Maybe a little half step back offensively this last week, but still nonetheless a very impressive effort by, by Lincoln Riley's squad. All right, we've gone a little long here today, but before but before we wrap up, T-Row, 2-0 start for the Hoops team. Yeah. Now, uh, Brady Manick is on some kind of roll. Uh, they're probably going to put a statue up of Austin out in front of uh, the TCU <laughs> State uh, Arena because he just he owns he that place. One, yeah. I think somebody updated the uh, Wikipedia page for Fort Worth that said the mayor of Fort Worth was Austin Reeves, which I thought was <laughs> fantastic. But uh, this has been a great start for the for the men's hoops team. Yeah, they have uh, they've won them both, and to go down to TCU and win the Big 12 opener on the road, road wins are hard to come by. And that's one that they had a chance to get, and to go get it to start conference play has to feel really good. Uh, still a little shorthanded. Haven't had the opportunity to use Victor Walker yet. Uh, Rick Asanza just getting back. He hasn't worked his way in yet from COVID and all that stuff. So we'll see. Now they got a big test coming up tomorrow night. They go up to Xavier for this Big East Big 12 battle. And Xavier 6-0 and just beat Cincinnati. So that'll be a brawl. But if they can win that one, that'll look really good on the resume come March or whenever we play an NCAA tournament this year. We'll have the men's and women's game for you on Sooner Sports TV, Fox Sports Southwest, Fox Sports Oklahoma on Saturday at 4 and Sunday at 2 for the women's basketball team versus Texas State. Hey, before we wrap up, a really cool situation played out this week. Shane Beamer is now the head coach at South Carolina. Uh, I loved what Joe C. and what Kenny Mossman put on Twitter. You know, Kenny's point was great. You find as you get older, you really root for the good guys. And Shane Beamer, he's one of the best guys we've ever been around. Quick little side story. Earlier this year, Toby, we have two assistant coaches that join us in the postgame, right? And uh, Coach Beamer completely just missed out. He, he, He had something going on and he left. He personally reached out and apologized, which I thought was one of the coolest things ever. You don't owe us anything. You don't have to do yeah. that. He's just that kind of guy. Great dad. He's going to be a great head coach. I can't wait to see him. Uh, I hate that he's leaving. Yeah. Uh, he's going to coach through the rest of the year, which is really neat. But I think he's got a great opportunity in front of him at South Carolina. It was inevitable. And you knew it. Kind of from the second that you met Shane Beamer was, let's enjoy this guy as long as he's here because he's about to be a head coach somewhere. He's got a magnetism to him. He's got the last name that immediately everybody respects. And he's going to be a really good football coach. And I'm, I'm happy for him. I'm ecstatic that his first head coaching job is in the SEC. How about that? And uh, listen, all these people that say he's going to a place you can't win, I don't know. Let's see. You couldn't win at Clemson until they won at Clemson. That's you right. You couldn't win at Indiana until somebody this year started <laughs> winning in Indiana. So you couldn't win at Washington State until Mike Leach went there. So let's see. I'm not willing to say that yet. I think Shane's going to do a great job. There used to be a term called Clemsoning. Now Clemsoning is sending guys off to the NFL winning Uh titles. And since we've been taping, two things have happened. Number one, Michigan-Ohio State has been canceled for this weekend. So the Big Ten loses a game already. Uh, Louisa, who who was it that uh, Ole Miss and Texas A&M not happening? And Cincinnati-Tulsa not happening this weekend either. Uh, So there's a couple of scheduling notes. We may be the only game happening (laughs) Saturday. The way that it's going right now, you might be right. Uh, and then how about this? How about the Jalen Hurts named the starting quarterback for the Philadelphia Eagles? 
Very nice. Very good. We're going to have three starting quarterbacks from OU uh, in week 16 of the NFL. Joe Bettner with the stat, 10% of the starting quarterbacks in the NFL from Oklahoma. Good. How about yeah. that? Toby, uh, have fun tonight. Again, uh, 6 o'clock with the huddle, 7 o'clock with uh, the Coach Riley radio roundtable. That's exactly right, and uh, good luck at the concert to you, Chris. Uh, earplugs, maybe. Just kidding, baby. She might be watching. Everyone have a great rest of your Tuesday. For the podcast listeners, the Lincoln Riley Press Conference is now. All right, thanks, Chris. Uh, thanks, everybody. Uh, we'll try this again with uh, with West Virginia. Uh, first time I've ever had two press conferences for the same game. So uh, excited to get up there and play this week. You know, I'm really thankful that uh, you know, Big 12 did a, a really nice job, I think, of, of planning, building in these weekends you know, and giving us an opportunity to, to make this game up. So we're certainly excited for the opportunity. It's a game that, that we need. Uh, it's, it's a game that's very important for us and our climb as a football team and continue to make the improvements that we need, uh, you know, to, to play our best ball here at the end of the year, which I think is, is so critical. Um, and I think, too, just, you know, having missed those five days, you know, the previous week, th this, this week's important for us uh, just to continue to improve uh, certainly for this game and, and the challenge that we know West Virginia is going to be uh, playing a really good football team. Um, you know, their senior day, obviously their tremendous defense, very explosive offense. I mean, just a really outstanding football team. It's got a lot of really good players across the board. Um, and we know uh, we know the challenge that, that going to Morgantown presents. I mean, it's uh, always been a tough place to play. They've played traditionally very well at home. This year has been no different. They've played outstanding there at home. So, um you know, we're excited to have a chance to have the game, thankful to have the chance to have the game, um, and uh, we need to have a great week and be as ready as we possibly can for, for Saturday. Okay, we'll go to questions. Because of another obligation, Coach has to be finished by about 12.25, so please limit yourself to one question so we can get to as many people as possible. We'll start with Eric Bailey, Tulsa World, and then go to Ryan Aber. Eric? Hey, Lincoln, do you get a feeling that the roster has really reset itself right now in terms of COVID-19 issues after these past two weeks, uh, is there a good chance you'll be in better shape down the stretch? I know we don't know. We can't predict everything, right. but do you better right now? Oh, I don't know what I'd say reset itself. Um, and like you said, it's so day-to-day. -day. One day you can be good and one day you cannot be good. Uh, we certainly hope to be in a better position than we were the last couple of weeks. Uh, I think we've got a chance to be. Um, but... You know, you're just, you're only, I hesitate to say that just because you're only as good as your next test. And uh, we've still got, you know, a couple to go here this week. So, um, you know, we, we've taken obviously some pretty extreme measures, you know, the biggest being canceling a football game and or postponing a football game and shutting down our facility for five days. And we're banking on, you know, those things paying off and us, you know, getting, you know, back on the correct side of this deal. Thank you, Lincoln. Mm -hmm. Ryan Avery, the Oklahoman, and then Joe Bettner. Yeah, Lincoln, when you look at the the, the secondary that uh, the si secondary situation from uh, the other night, how much better positioned were you for, for something like that uh, this year and, and that week versus, you know, maybe if the same thing would have happened last year and you would have had that many guys out? Oh, absolutely. We were, gosh, if we'd have had that many guys out, I don't know that we would have been able to play uh, last year even, and certainly – I don't think the quality would probably have been what it was the other night. So, you know, there's so many guys there that have stepped up and and become, 
you know, good football players for us and become dependable players that we that we want to put in the game. Um, and so, you know, that part's helped. And then obviously the, the unselfishness of um, and the, the ability of Robert Barnes to be able to kick back there and, and do that last week was, was huge for us as well. And, you know, and then we were fortunate as the game went on that we, you know, didn't have any further injuries in the secondary. So, uh, but no, the, the, the depth is certainly better. The competitive depth is, is certainly better. And there's just more guys that we are not only confident putting in the game, but that we want to get snaps and that we are taking starters out to put them in to get snaps. And uh, so that's, you know, it's uh, without a doubt much improved. Appreciate it, Lincoln. Mm -hmm. Joe Bettner, Norman Transcript, and then Jason Kersey. Lincoln, you mentioned just the competitiveness, you know, not wanting this game to be called off. And I'm curious, what are the advantages of playing this weekend as far as getting ready for a Big 12 championship as opposed to where Iowa State will have a bye week? I mean, do you see the advantage there of being able to play an extra game before for that week? Not worrying about too much about, you know, what's here in a couple of weeks. I mean, I think for just simply for our football team, we need to play games. I mean, we've had, you know, so many bye weeks uh, and, you know, and obviously had one bye week that was completely unexpected. And again, like I said, not, not, was it a, it wasn't a normal bye week. I mean, it's again, having the facility shut down that long in the middle of the season was a, was a different deal. So just for us to play the quality of ball and to make the improvements that we need to make, we need to play. And uh, and I'm excited that we have the opportunity to play. Thanks, Lincoln. Mm -hmm. Jason Kersey, The Athletic, and then Kerry Murdoch. Yeah, Lincoln, you mentioned this being your second West Virginia press conference. I'm, I'm curious if you also are more prepared for this game maybe than you would have been, given that you had a few days of practices and things preparing for West Virginia. Do you feel more prepared? Oh, hard to say. I mean, it's at the same time, they've had now three weeks on us because I think they had a bye week before they were going to play us. They're probably tired of, of working on, on Oklahoma. Um, uh, yeah, I mean, it's is it is it one of those deals where you can, you know, you're not starting over at, at the week, certainly. You know, they only played one game in between that. So, I mean, I do think some of the work that we did uh, obviously – helps and and you know and then you study the game that they played and and uh but no having to work on them a little bit it's it's certainly not like we were you know starting over on a brand new team you know this monday i think for for players and coaches a little bit i don't know it's out of still busy as a normal week but certainly doesn't feel quite as new carrie mardock senior scoop and wwls and then john hoover Lincoln, uh, obviously, you know, one of the big stories was Robert Barnes and his play uh, against Baylor. I'm curious, you know, now that coaches have had a chance to look at it, uh, how do you approach things with him moving forward? And if he does kind of have to go back to a backup linebacker, uh, is this kind? Is he kind of the guy that this year really helps? Where you know you get a free year. No, I think it does. I, I, I think it absolutely can help a guy like Robert, and and you know, I think what this year has shown us and what he's shown us is, you know, having the ability to, to play both. And, and I think it's a important thing. I mean, he's been an important member of the special teams all year, done some really, really good things there, did again the other night as well. And, uh, no, I think it's a great example. I mean, a guy that's had to do that and step in and play an unexpected position, it doesn't, you know, it doesn't necessarily cost him the year from an eligibility standpoint. So in, in that, in that, you know, kind of in that frame of mind, it certainly is a, is a positive for him.
but he could still be in the plans moving forward. Oh, absolutely. No, the way he's played, um, again, defensively and special teams, no question he could be. John Hoover with SI Sooners and then Cliff Brunt. Hey, Lincoln. Um, West Virginia's been in the conference now for eight years, so obviously you guys know them, no big deal, right? But the fact of the matter is they're still, I counted it up, they're halfway to Canada, mileage-wise. What is it that's unique about this trip? Is Can you describe for us some of the things that go into this trip that you don't have to do on uh, other road trips? Uh, I don't know if the trip is actually that unique. I mean, you... I mean, you fly, you know, you're on the plane 45 minutes, an hour longer than most of these other ones. I mean, which at the end of the day, it's, you know, for most of our players, it's 45 minutes or an hour more sleep or, you know, uh, you know, this year it's a, it is a little bit that it's 45 minutes or an hour longer of wearing a N95 mask with a shield on top, which is not the most uh, comfortable thing to do, but that's it, not that big a deal. Um, and honestly, no, it, I mean, you fly in, you're, you know, you're a little bit further from the stadium, you know, from where we fly in than, than some of the places. But honestly, it's not, the, the trip's not that big a deal. I, I think the, you know, they just, I think the thing about it is West Virginia typically has played very well at home. I mean, forever and ever. And like I said, this year is no different. I believe they're undefeated at home. They've, they've really played well at home. Um, they've, you know, normally got a, a, a really, a really, you know, fun kind of into it crowd. Um, it's a good atmosphere, uh, and we've had some pretty epic games down there. So, I mean, I think it's just more of you're playing a good football team on the road that tends to play pretty well at home, and, and those are always a challenge. Perfect. Thank you. Mm -hmm. We'll go to Cliff Brunt, AP, and then James Hale. Yeah, Coach, you know, I was looking at the standings, and I noticed that the top five teams in the Big 12 standings are also the top five teams in rushing offense uh, per game. Um, you know, last season, Big 12 had the nation's leading rusher. The league currently has the nation's leading rusher. Have you seen an emphasis uh, on the run game increase in the last couple of years? And if so, why? Yeah, no, I think it's fair to say. Uh, I think it's fair to say. I mean, for so long, this league was just, you know, known for throw, 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 throw. And some of that was deserved. And I've, there has always been, I think, some pretty good backs and some pretty strong run games in this, <laughs> in this league. But... I mean, running the ball is important. I mean, it, it is. It's, uh, you know, the team that's won it here the last several years has been able to run the ball pretty good. I mean, that's just – that's that's is what it is. And so it's it's important, I think, especially when you're talking about winning games in the later months, um, you know, where you may hit a game with inclement weather or whatever the case may be. Uh, when you can run the football, you got so many more opportunities and ways that you can win. And uh, so – and I think there's a lot of coaches in the league right now that that have a very similar thought process there and are putting that kind of emphasis on it. Go to James Hale, KREF, followed by Darren Emig. You know, Lincoln, uh, the Baylor game was one of the rare games the offensive line had, you know, guys breaking through, looked like untouched going after your quarterback. That just doesn't happen with Bill Biedenboe. I'm curious, you know, what went on with the offensive line, and now that you've had a chance to look at them, how well did they play in the game? Oh, I would. I don't think anybody on offense played particularly well. Um, and like I said, when that's the case, you're going to spring leaks. And there's times it was the O line, there's times it was the quarterback, there's times it was running backs, there's times the receivers were wrong, there was times that, uh, that there was a lot of times that, that those guys weren't coached very well. So I mean, it's just. Uh, 
just kind of a cause of, of just kind of leaks springing all over and, and just we didn't do a very good job handling it. So, um, no, I mean, that's uh, – I think, you know, was, it wasn't anybody's best game. And so, there, like I said, the, the mistakes were kind of shared all the way around. It wasn't like a, we went in the game and the O-line played terrible and, and man, those skill guys, they, they sure played awesome. I mean, it was just, you know, we kind of all took our turns and – there's still a lot of good. I mean, there was, you know, the problem is, again, in offensive football, nine guys can be doing it freaking perfect, and, and one or two guys are, and it looks like a train wreck. I mean, that's just it's part of playing offensive ball, and uh, that's that was just kind of our story the whole night. So that's uh, obviously been a big emphasis point this week of, you know, playing with all 11 and playing a lot more consistently, and then and then us as coaches doing a much better job as well. Thanks, Lady. Mm-hmm. Aaron Amick, Tulsa World, and then Jenny Carlson. Lincoln, is there an obvious way that, that this season, with all of its challenges on off the field, is there an obvious way that it's changed you as a coach? Mm, that's a good question. I'm, I'm sure it has. Um, may not be something till I, I don't know, when I come back up for water when this thing, or for air when this thing's over. Um, may, may be a little bit hard to see until then, but I. Uh, I'm sure it has. I, I think it's challenged us all in different ways. And I, I think just continuing to kind of believe what's possible, um, things we've been able to overcome, things we've been able to do in a different way than, than ever before. I mean, again, to sit there and, you know, tell somebody in January, last January that you're not going to have spring ball, your players aren't going to be here for three months, you're going to recruit your entire recruiting class on a computer screen like we're doing right now. Um, you're going to have to wear a mask everywhere. You're going to try to conduct a sport in a pandemic where our setup with college, you know, community type living and young people uh, in a contact sport with a lot of people in an organization is maybe one of the worst recipes that you could possibly have to contain this thing. And that we would still be able to do it all pretty successfully, you know, kind of makes you realize what's possible, I think. And uh, so, um, yeah, and I do think it's, you know, us as coaches, I'm definitely bad about times. You know, you you can be a control freak. You know, you want to have your your hands on everything. You want to control as much as you possibly can and take the variables out for your staff and your players. But this thing's taught me probably more and more that, you know, I got to control you know, what I can and, and, and I can't get too worked up or too down or too spend too much time on the, too much time on the things that I, that I absolutely cannot control. Appreciate that. Mm-hmm. Jenny Carlson, the Oklahoman, and then Joey Helmer. Hey, Lincoln, when you guys got Ronnie back, uh, it's kind of like a midseason trade um, added to your team, you know, if you want to borrow from, like, the NBA vernacular or whatever. But when you think about now uh, his – impact on the defense more as a whole what has it done for your defense how has your defense changed in your mind with Ronnie back in your lineup well I think the main thing and you know is really just getting back the the leader uh and and his presence I mean he's you know he's he's a guy that you know he's you know I mean he's he's one of the you know one of the true alphas on this team and one of the true alphas defensively and has a has a presence in a way about him that our that our guys follow, and so 
as much as we were missing having a you know a good quality player out there, we were honestly missing that probably more. And not that guys didn't step up in his what in his you know his while he wasn't here, they did. But it's like you know everybody sees just adding a good player, but man, adding that leadership and that experience and that fire and all that just honestly makes everybody else around him better. And that's what you know that's what you know really good leaders that's what they do. And uh, he's done that for us. Joey Helmer, OU Insider, and then Keegan Rennell. Yeah, Lincoln, Shane talked about uh, wanting to come back and kind of finish things out with uh, the guys that he's been around all year. What does that say about your program that, <clears throat> that he kind of wants to finish this thing out, even though obviously he's already the head coach now in South Carolina? Yeah, well, I mean, I think it says we have quality people here. Um, and I think people that – you know, take a lot of pride in, in what we do in this program and the success, success that we've had. And, and uh, so I, I know it it means a lot to our, our staff and our players that, that Shane would want to do that. And, and I know it meant a lot to him that that he was extended the opportunity to do that because we've all seen, you know, several instances of this around the, around the country where, you know, maybe a guy that takes a job is, you know, not not afforded that opportunity. So uh, I think it certainly went both ways. And, uh, you know, he and I were both on the same page. I absolutely want him to do it if he felt like it was the right thing for him. And he wanted to do it if he felt like it was – if I felt like it was the right thing for us. And so uh, it was – yeah, it was a – it wasn't a long discussion, pretty easy decision on the same page. And, uh, you know, and, it, and it's – you know, he's been a – He's been a part, certainly, of what this team has done, and, and we got some great things in front of us. And so, I think it's fitting that, that he'd be with us here till the end. Keegan Renault, Sooners Wire. And on the same lines with Shane leaving the South Carolina, what what's the kind of timeline? I know with recruiting signing days coming up, but um, what's the timeline maybe replacing him? And I know you've kind of gone with Shane Beamer and Jamar Kane, two guys you didn't have a ton of connections to. What, what are you kind of looking for in the, in that coach to replace Shane Beamer? Oh, uh, we'll we'll see. I mean, that that's a it's a broad question. You know, you see what happens. You know, with the rest of the staff, and you know, hopefully we're able to retain everybody else again. You just never know. Um, so we'll, we'll see how that plays out. Certainly not going to be in a hurry right now. I mean, we've got too much to focus on. You know, some big weeks obviously upcoming. So, um, um, you know, I. We'll, we'll, we'll kind of see how that plays out. I don't know that I'd want to pin myself right now into exactly you know what I'm looking for. All that the honest the honest answer right now is not honestly looking a whole lot right now. Right, you know, trying to focus on doing our best with this team and understanding that that you know we're going to sign this class here in, here in a little over a week, regardless, and we're going to go play these next few games, regardless, and and we've got time to get to that once once those things wrap up. Have you ever had a coach get? hired in the middle of a game like that that you've been around well I know it's reports and this and that but yeah no yeah that was that you know it, I mean we knew there was a chance it wasn't like a it wasn't a, obviously a shock to us and the fact that he was in quarantine made that probably possible um, but I, I've been a part of staffs where, where this has happened before and, and uh, I think if everybody handles it well it can you know you just kind of business as usual I mean Shane's in our meetings this morning just like like he always is doesn't feel like anything's different so um you know, yeah, it's a cool story, and hopefully it can have a great ending here and obviously a great beginning for him in South Carolina. This has been the Sooner Sports Podcast. The Sooner Sports Podcast is presented by Riverwind. 
home to a luxury hotel, fine dining, and never-ending rewards. Riverwind is still the one. And Allstate. Don't forget to subscribe, rate, and review however you listen. The preceding has been a Learfield IMG College presentation of the Sooner Sports Network. Support for this podcast and the following message come from Corient. Corient provides wealth management services centered around you. They focus on exceeding your expectations and simplifying your life. Corient has been helping high achievers just like you enjoy their lives more fully, preserve their wealth, and provide for the people, causes, and communities they care about. As one of the largest integrated fee-only registered investment advisors in the U.S., Corient has deeply experienced teams in 23 strategic locations. Corient has extensive knowledge spanning the full spectrum of planning, investing, lending, and money management disciplines. Leverage Corient's exclusive network of experts to craft custom solutions designed to help you reach your financial goals, no matter how complex they may be. Real wealth requires real solutions. For more information, connect with a wealth advisor today at Corient.com. That's C-O-R-I-E-N-T.com. Corient.com.